Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. In today's episode, we welcome Michael Moore, founder of Moore's Law, LLC. Michael will be discussing organizational development at ALA's upcoming Human Resources Conference for Legal Professionals, February 18th through 20th in Orlando, Florida. And he's here today to give an exclusive preview of his conference session. Welcome, Michael. Hello, and thank you for having me today. Of course. Now, before we begin, tell us a little bit about your background, expertise, and um, your current work. Well, I'm a lawyer, but my clients are law firms and the lawyers in those law firms uh, across the United States and also in Canada. Um, I help my clients create professional success with both organizational and individual effectiveness. Everything I do is customized to the needs of my clients and includes individual coaching, leadership development, and better management techniques, which is something we'll be talking about today. Great. So your session is titled keep the good, lose the bad, know the difference. What are some of the factors that are affecting law firms' ability or inability to keep their best employees? The thing that I see uh, that I try to educate clients about is that um, law firms are unique environments. And um, many times the traditional human resource techniques that um, are employed in corporate organizations are not going to be effective in a law firm uh, uh, setting. And uh, that primarily goes uh, for several reasons, one of which is that um, there are unique relationships in a law firm between lawyers and the staff and the administration that operates the law firm. You've also got lawyers themselves who have to be uh, first among equals, and there's a high challenging environment that's going on, very difficult environment. Um, money uh, often becomes a factor, not compensation money, but the money that operates in terms of clients and partnership structures and things like that. Um, client service uh, is not customer service. Uh, there's quite a difference there, and especially today with the higher expectations of clients. And then, of course, you're dealing with professional skeptics, so anything uh, in terms of change and evolution and things like that, both in law firm management and also in individual management, uh, sometimes it's difficult to get across in a law firm environment. So those are the primary reasons that I think that it's challenging at law firms uh, in, to keep their best employees. And what are some of the conditions that help star employees thrive? Well, we find that actually um, frequently organizations in general, but law firms especially, tend to think that money is going to be a prime motivator. And while obviously money is important to all of us in our lives, statistics continually show that money is not the prime motivator. Many organizations uh, offer it and employees consistently rank it as number four or five in their wish list of things. And so what happens is that the actual conditions that help star employees thrive are more unique things. And what I have identified is that number one on those things is a confidence level. Uh, that means that people believe in the firm's leadership, uh, their plans, and their ability to execute those plans, and that the leadership in the firm walks the talk. That's uh, very important to the people that are 
around the firm, not only the lawyers, but the staff as well. And there also has to be a, what we identify as a, an emotional attachment. And that means that people genuinely feel that they're making a contribution, and, and that's because there's a tangible recognition of their efforts. You have to pay attention to let people know that their their services are valued and their work product is valued and they're part of a team, and all of that creates this emotional attachment to the organization. Uh, underlying that and part of that is the trust. And we define that trust as people feeling a mutual commitment to each other. Um, they can see that there's a consistency and a fairness in their work environment. And this is something that many law firms uh, frequently struggle with because back to the unique environment, the unique relationships that can occur in a law firm, um, consistency and fairness in how things are done within that organization uh, can be a challenge. Uh, then, of course, uh, one of the big issues is fit. Um, and, and fit not only just culture values, but also that people share the values and, and there's traditions and there's a common culture and there's kind of a, a rally point around, around people can feel a sense of pride uh, that they belong to this organization. But lastly, uh, a little bit uh, off on the side is listening. Um, people want to know that they are heard and that their opinions are valued. And uh, if they feel like uh, when they come to work that they make a contribution and that people are interested in that contribution and are willing to listen to them, uh, then they feel good about the place they are. So all of these things uh, taken in total really contribute to the fact of helping star employees thrive but also helping the retention of, of key employees at the law firms. So now... Let's go on to the lose the bad part of the equation. Um, you mentioned cultural fit, and to you, how important is cultural fit compared to numbers? Because even a star performer can be a bad fit, right? Yes, we're right, and this is something that, again, because of the unique structure of law firms, uh, lawyers and uh, the management of law firms can really struggle with this. Um, this is something that came up from sort of a, a lose the losers comment that was made uh, years ago at a conference I was I was presenting at from an audience member, and we turned that into this concept of lose the bad. And lose the bad means that uh, turnover is not necessarily a bad thing if you can manage it productively. Now, on the, on the culture fit, what we've done is created, uh, I have a matrix that I use with clients, and if you can, if you can imagine the matrix where we've got the two axes are culture fit and profitability, and across that matrix we have A, B, C, and D types. Now the A types are your people who have high productivity, so they meet the numbers, but they also live the cultural values of the organization. So these people become the leaders and the mentors and the role models. Um, the B types are the people who live the cultural values, but they may not be hitting their achievements and their numbers and their requirements, and that's where things like individual coaching and mentor and mentee programs can be very valuable to help the B types feel that they are, are getting it and they're, and they're part of it. Um, the C types are people who do not support the cultural values, but they contribute a significant amount of generally revenue or it may be client development. So these are the people that are hitting the numbers, exceeding the numbers, but they in no way support the cultural values. We perceive these people often to be the jerks 
uh, the narcissist. Um, and, and these are the people that you need to get out of your organization, but the organization has a challenge there because of the contribution. Uh, last of all, we have the D types, and the D types are both low, not making their numbers, and also don't support the cultural values. Well, that's a, a pretty obvious choice to get rid of those type of people. So what happens is that A types for sure are keepers, D types for sure we get rid of, B types we try to help, and C-types we really need to get out of our organization despite their overwhelming contribution. So how do you tell the difference between, um, let's say, a B employee and a D employee, or, or an average employee and someone who might become toxic down the road? The, this is very important in law firms because uh, fairly consistently when I get involved in a law firm, what I find is that um, there may not have been good attention to evaluations. Um, and, and, that, and that's because of the fact that some uh, law firm evaluation models are so complex uh, that people shy away from doing them just because they take an excessive amount of time. Uh, otherwise, we have simply the standard annual evaluation that's tied to your money, which is tied to your productivity, which means that it's divorced from the culture value fit. <clears throat> we need to go back to creating what I call positive evaluations. And I believe that in, in my experience as an executive and an HR manager that you need to have the feedback as close as possible to the activity. So I'm a fan of quarterly evaluations, and that means that the evaluation has to be rather short and direct to avoid being cumbersome. Um, so we need to make sure that we have a positive evaluation model. We need to make sure that we're sending a clear message that there's alignment with whatever the firm's mission, goals, and standards are. Um, it has to be an efficient process, user-friendly, so we're talking about something you can do fairly quickly, um, a rating scale that people can understand, specific feedback on specific performance, uh, the things you're looking at should be broader than just the numbers. In, in my personal development plans that I use with lawyers, for example, we talk about marketing, client development, professional growth, professional development. If you're engaged in leadership management, sometimes in the mentor-mentee structures, we talk about activities that lead to leadership opportunities. So we need to we need to pay attention to the fact that we need to make sure that we're having uh, consistent evaluation models to make sure that we can um, be able to tell the difference between the employees, separate the employees, get some kind of rating scale in place. It may be numerical, it may be just a collection, so that we try to fix the employees that we believe are um, worth keeping at our organization, that would be obviously your B types. And at the same time, we send a clear message to those that are not making it that change is required. I call this having the difficult conversation. You need to have the difficult conversation with these people about the fact that their behaviors have to change, whether it's culture fit, whether it's increased productivity, whether it's taking a role in management. Um, and define the timeline of accountability by which you expect that change. So to have the difficult conversation against a clear model uh, of an evaluation and keep that on a short, shorter than just annual, um, that will help uh, the law firm decide and tell the difference between the average employee and someone who, who might become a toxic employee down the road. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to our guest, Michael Moore, for joining us. And again, you can catch his session and many more at ALA's Human Resources Conference for Legal Professionals. Visit alanet.org slash HR for more details. That's alanet.org slash HR. And thank you to our listeners and subscribers out there. Don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes to help spread the word. And for more information about any of ALA's education, events, and member services, please visit alanet.org. Until next time, 